0: Welcome to the North Shore Performance Podcast, where we take a deep dive into health and fitness for everyday people and the athlete and all of us. I'm your host, Jake Wertz, and with me is my best friend and co-host, Tana Schenkel. Together, we take an honest look at fitness and discuss how anybody can improve their lives by adopting a healthy lifestyle. Welcome to the North Shore Performance Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about our training our specific training that we're doing to lead up to our meet. It's in eight weeks, October 16th. So we're a little over two months out now. Um, And we're going to be just talking about what Tanner and I are doing for our training, um, different weak points that we have, some of the strategies that we're taking to improve some of those weak points. And, yeah, we're just going to be kind of talking about our current structure leading up to the meet. So, Tanner, why don't you start us off? Um, How many days a week are you training right now?
1: Uh, So right now I am doing an active... Uh, six day split, and then I have more of an active rest day where I do some like mobility, um, some foam rolling, um, just to stay active, get the blood flow going, but not loading a bar on my back or anything like that. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm currently uh, training about five days a week. Um, I was pushing it six days before, um, but with school starting up, you know, I had to cut back a day. Plus, it was probably a good idea to cut a day out anyway to help improve my recovery, especially since we are loading pretty heavy as we get closer to the meet. Um, we're constantly kind of pushing in that 90-95% range with our with our reps. So, um, yeah, so I thought it was a good idea to cut back a day. So, right now my my program kind of looks like this. So, like I said, five days a week. Um, I'm kind of doing like a push-pull, legs, and then. Day number four is kind of an upper body day. And then, you know, day number five is, you know, legs again. So um, I was doing push-pull legs, push-pull legs. But obviously, cutting down a day, I'm going to combine the second push-pull into kind of the same day. So Sunday is how I usually start my week. That's a, that's a program bench day for me. And uh, for those of you who, who don't know, um, Tanner and I, we both run the five three one one program by Jim Wendler. Um, so when we say, like, our program day – that's the day we're sticking and using those percentages as the main compound movement for, for the day for us. And we're kind of building the rest of the workout around that structure. So Sunday is my current program bench day. So that's like my traditional push. I'll do my bench, my overhead press and different accessory movements like that. Monday is my program deadlift day. So that's my pull. So I'll start with deadlift and then I'll move into a bunch of different backs, you know, back exercises. I'll do a little bit of arms, but nothing crazy. Tuesday I'll take off. Wednesday is my non-programmed squat or leg day. So that's kind of when I do some box squats, some speed work, I'll do some lighter stuff, you know, stuff like that just to kind of reinforce the, uh, the movement pattern. Thursday is my upper body day. So that's, that's more of just like an accessory day for, you know, chest and back and shoulders. You know, I do a lot of antagonistic movements with that kind of stuff. Some body weight stuff. Um, but that's that's to kinda of help progress the main lift, which in that case would be my, my bench. Um Friday I take off and then Saturday is my program squat. So the reason I kinda of do it that way is because if you notice my program squat is Saturday and my program bench is Sunday. I train with my dad on the weekends. We both follow the five through one program, so that's that's the reason I do that, so we squat and bench together. Um and we can kinda of spot each other and kinda of give each other tips on our techniques and, and form and stuff like that. So What about you? Yeah, I mean, I run, like
1: I said, six days. Seven days are really um, in the gym. But uh, so Sunday is the start of my week or the end of the week, depending on how you rather look at it. Um, But that's my active rest day. So I really focus on mobility. Um, I right now I'm running uh, Maps Prime by uh, Mind Pump. Uh, Those guys put put out a really good mobility uh, program that I have liked so far. Um, and then I do a lot of foam rolling um, the tight spots small spots I use like a lacrosse ball in the tight areas and then I just walk my dogs uh, Usually 15 20 minutes in and out probably in an hour including the walk. So it's something super easy But again, you're just focusing on the getting the care, necessary care your body needs to recover and you're getting um, some blood pumping and some cardio in um, and then Monday is my my push day which with the five through one program uh, so pretty much is just bench. Um, and then I have a lot of accessories in there. Uh, Tuesday would be my, my program pull day. Again, my deadlift and then accessory movements with that. Um, Wednesday would be my five through one program for leg day um, and accessories. And then Thursday is my second push day. And that's gonna be a lot of the main accessory movements uh, for pressing, so I'll do either like floor press uh, banded bench, something like that, that is helping the specific weak point that I'm working with, um, and then those like accessory days. That you'll notice for my second day of the week, um, I run those the full cycle five through one, which is a four week cycle, and then I might change it up for that main movement um, if I feel like I need to work at a different point, point. Um, and then pull day two would be Friday again. That'd be my accessory day. Uh, do stuff like deficit pulls, uh, banded deadlifts, different stuff like that. And then Saturday is my leg day too, which was accessory movement, box squats, uh, single leg work, uh, different like things like that, such as like pause squats, anything like that, just kind of change up the main movement, but you're still getting work in. Um, and then built into those days, I do core um, and grip. The way I do it is I do three days of core, do every other day of training days, and then the days I'm not training my core, um, I do some grip training, so like some bar holds, Uh, farmers carry stuff like that Um, they're just two really important parts that sometimes are overlooked in powerlifting you want to keep your core tight and obviously gripping the bar um, for things like deadlifts even squats trying to stay tight grip can go a long ways with that Um, words did you want to kind of break down your days more or kind of like what you do or what your goal is on a program day
0: versus a non-program day yeah so on a program day, so for example, we'll start with my, my Sunday, which is, like I said, my program bench. Um, my main focus that day is is the bench. So, you know, once I get my work done with that, I'll usually do about, uh, you know, you do your three sets of five, three, one. And then, honestly, what I like to do after that is I kind of go heavy and I do triples after that, Um especially now leading up to the meet, I think it's important to get used to handling heavier loads. So, um, even if you're just doing doubles or triples, I think it's a good idea after your working sets to get in a little extra work with some heavy weight, just to kind of get used to it again. Um, but after that, it's, you know, my, my main goal, the rest of that is to kind of get a good pump is, you know, and that might not sound very, power liftery of me to say that, but I, I do think it's important to get good volume in and kind of work some of those weak points. Um, obviously in your bench, it's really important to help build up your triceps and your delts. Um, you know, you can go heavy on some of those things, but I also think there is some, vo- there is some value in doing some volume things. Um, but usually after bench, i will move into some overhead press really help work on my lockout and build up uh, my delts. Um, you know, after that, I'll I'll move into, like, an incline bench or maybe even dips. I really like dips. I do a lot of dips. Um, you know, and that'll probably be it for, like, pressing movements. And then, you know, I'll go into, like, different tricep exercises, stuff like that, do some core at the end of my workout. Um, on my deadlift day, I, I usually, after my deadlifts, again, I'll, I'll do my working sets of 5 through one and then I'll do some heavy doubles or triples after that. I really like doing a lot of rows, I'll do some pull-ups. Um, I think those are two really underrated accessory movements. Um, if you guys aren't doing rows and pull-ups on a regular basis, I think you guys are missing out on a huge opportunity to help develop your back. Um, you know, and then I think with the deadlift itself, one of the most important things about training that is really um, like you—you you had three specific days for your grip training, and or three. Yeah, you were doing a lot of grip training additionally to all the other work that you're doing. That is a really underrated part of training for your deadlift, especially if that's an issue for you. So I think, you know, doing things like shrugs, farmer carries, pull-ups, rows, those things are all great for help building your your grip strength. The important thing is to not use straps as often as possible. Just get used to kind of holding that weight in your hands. Um but yeah, and then on my non-program days, again, what I'm really looking to do is usually that's when I focus on like my weak point training. So for my bench, I'm, you know, my lockout is is kind of where I struggle the most. So I'll do a lot of floor presses or you know, um, you know, my dad, he really likes doing board presses, so you push off like a 2-inch board or whatever. Um, to help really build the triceps up and and, and go from there. Um, Close grip bench, close grip incline bench, those are two other really good movements for helping build your lockout. Basically when your struggle is your lockout, you're just trying to develop your tricep strength. Um, And then so like for example, on my my squat, my non-programmed squat day, I like to do a lot of box squats, kind of get used to exploding out of the hole, but controlling on the way down, if that makes sense. a lot of guys, you can see them. They they use like the bottom of the squat, the uh, the elasticity of it. They kind of use it to like bounce themselves out of the hole, and that can lead to some injuries if you're not coming down under control. And that can that can cause some problems later on. So, so I I, I usually like to do a lot of box squats and stuff like that. So, what about you? What's what's the main difference between your program days and your your non-program days? Um I mean really, it kind of breaks down to so
1: it they all kind of start the same, so every session I start with about fifteen minute uh mobility session um I get into one my warm up uh, my warm up for five through one I run it pretty simple. Cause I always start with my main movement I just do forty percent of my one rep ma- or my working max for five then fifty percent for five sixty percent for five um and then I get into my working sets of whatever that five three one program is that week. Um, where my warm up on non five three one days is more of your typical bro warm up. I'll throw a quarter plate on, then a plate, quarter plate, so on until I get to where I want to work uh, with the weight. Uh, depending on what I'm doing for that accessory focus, um, and then my working sets for five three one days are obviously going to be my five three one program. Uh, my working sets for non five through one days are usually three to five sets, uh, five to eight and the rep range, depending on what I'm doing. Um, I try to, um, run again, like I said, run the same accessory main movement for the whole five through one cycle. Um, and I choose the main, the movement based on my weak points. Um, so depending on where I am, like floor press, box squat, different stuff like that with words touched on. Um, As far as my accessory movements, on my 5-3-1 day, uh, 5-3-1 kind of takes a little bit because you have longer rest times. Um, So my accessory movements, I only do two to three movements after that, and usually it's about eight reps in those. Um, And then I try to make sure I'm adding weight every cycle of 5-3-1 to make sure I'm adding that progressive overload to my accessories. Um, And then whereas on my non-program days, I am doing more volume, uh, so four to six accessories, eight to 12 reps. Um, really chasing more of that bodybuilder style workout, more of that pump um, to get that blood flow, get the nutrients in your muscles. I think it's super important. Um, I do do a little bit of a pump quick on five through one days, but it's more of like you do a quick gauntlet of like 20 reps just to get a slight pump and get some blood flow in there. Especially when you're doing like, because everyone's like, oh, I want to pump my shoulders up. Well, you just did a bunch of pressing movements, stuff like that. You already hit your shoulders pretty good that just gets some more blood flow in there. Um, you don't need to hit them so hard. Um, and then from there, I go into either if I'm doing core grip training, um, I program them pretty simple, uh, three movements, uh, depending on which, what day we're doing. Um, my core, I do a little differently lately. I've been doing, uh, the first day is more of hitting your obliques. Second day is going to be hitting more of your typical abdominals. And then the second day will be also your obliques. Um, is kind of where I've noticed my obliques and my core to keep tight is more my obliques are my weak spot versus I can keep my abdominals pretty tight throughout the movement. And then I always end with some foam rolling or lacrosse ball in the smaller spots. And then typically after my workouts, I take my dogs for a 15, 20-minute walk. Um, So they end pretty much the same, and then they kind of start about the same. It's just the middle that they differ a little bit.
0: So how would you say you're training now? Is different than it was before you signed up for a meet. Do you think you've changed your training at all to help prepare specifically for the meet?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I would say I am more goal-based, or more like I have goals in mind, and I want to hit certain rep ranges more focused and dialed in. Where I was still running five, three, one, but I wasn't. I didn't maybe have that intensity. I could say where my intensity is is larger going into my days preparing for a meet versus just to lift, to get stronger. Mm. Um, there's that end goal in mind. How about you? Do you think you've changed at all?
0: I think the biggest difference for me, um, cause I, I've always liked doing like a push pull legs kind of a thing. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is outside of the main movement, I'm, I'm doing specific like um, weak point trainings. So like I said, with my lockout, like I never did floor presses or things like that outside of it because, you know, it wasn't really a main focus for me. But, like, I can see where, if I'm going to fail on a lift, I can see where it is. So, like, for deadlift, it's off the floor. Like, if I'm slow off the floor, there's no chance. If I get it up to my shins, I can lock it out 90% of the time. So, for me, it'll help, like, train for that. I've been doing some more deficit deadlifts, you know, stuff like that, starting from a one-inch or two-inch deficit to kind of help teach myself to drive from the floor. Um, So, I think the biggest difference is focusing on – different points within the main movements and kind of working in those ranges, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that. I think both of us kind of before also had like the idea where we wanted to be more of to get that pump, chasing that pump, that more bodybuilder style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're still running five through one, but all our accessories were just to get big and thick.
0: Well, it's different when you have like a specific goal. You know, I think before we were training, we were both just training because we we enjoy training. I don't think either of us were training for anything specific, like – Neither one of us were trying to get shredded. Neither one of us were really in a bulk. We're just doing whatever we like, which is like the main compound movements. And then, like you said, a bunch of, a bunch of accessory stuff to help get a pump. Um, But now that I think we're both training and gearing towards like a true one rep max and like you're trying to perform on the day of the meet, we're kind of looking at like where we are with each of those lifts and addressing things that we think could be limiting or, Improving things that we're already good at to help us overcome those sticking points, so I definitely think that um training with a goal definitely alters the way you train. I know that sounds dumb, but um it's kinda kind of obvious, but when you don't have a goal, you don't realize that, and then when you do you're like oh i gotta change I gotta change some stuff so yeah,
1: no, I definitely agree with that I've noticed like my training now compared to was like even a month ago. I definitely feel i'm more driven where i'm not just in there just to be in there where i have a plan i have an action Um, i'm not a guy that usually like maps out his program the day before um, but that's something i kind of want to try out and see keep me even more dialed in and focused Um, but trying to get specific goals and knowing almost you have a deadline kind of keeps you your head going forward and not get distracted by other things like i don't know just doing stuff that isn't going to get you where you want to be
0: so what are your goals for the meet
1: uh I did a meet about two years ago, so my like very vague goals would be do, to do better as far as my totals than before, um, but right now I would like to hit uh, PRs that I hit, beat PRs that I did about three, four, six months ago, something in that range, um, the last time I maxed out which they're not meet PR, so they don't technically count depending on who you talk to. But I would like to know that I'm improving and uh, getting in the direction where I want to be. Um, so I have specific goals by the time I hit 30, which I'm, I'll am i be 27 this upcoming March. Uh, so I got three years, but I would like to hit a 600-pound pull, 500-pound squat, and I don't know, 350 to four hundred five bench i mean four wheels would be pretty sweet on bench but um and then at that point then i can kind of focus on like longevity in the gym and not and i'd be out of my crazy 20s and trying crazy stuff so
0: yeah dude you're getting old
1: yeah we both are it's it's crazy but yeah i mean all around my goals i would just say is to ultimately be better than i was the last time i maxed and definitely beat the goals or the maxes i hit at my first meet two years ago how about you
0: yeah i think my main goal is to just kind of go nine for nine. Yep. You know, I want to I wanna log an attempt each time. I don't want to have to – I don't want to fail a lift. Um, this is my first meet, so anything I do is going to be a meet PR for me, which is kind of nice because it's a, it's a low bar. But obviously I'm going to push myself too. Um, like I want to go nine for nine, but on my third attempt, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be, you know – messing around with a lightweight or anything like that. I'm going to be trying to set a PR. So, um, right now I'm kind of focused on just setting my openers and kind of seeing what I feel comfortable with for a triple. And then, um, whatever I think I can do for a triple, that's probably going to be my opener. Um, I've got a pretty good idea where I'm going to be at with my deadlift. Um, my squat, I'm still working on a little bit. Um, just getting used to the weight on my back again, like heavy weight. It's different folks. When you go from, training just to train for your squat to you're trying to progress and put as much weight on the bar as possible the first time you unrack a weight should not be at the meet I I have never done a meet but that just makes sense to me that the first time you unrack a really heavy weight that should not be the first time that you've ever put that on your back because the first time you put a really heavy weight on your back you definitely feel it like you walk it out and you go oh man this is heavy you don't want to be thinking oh this is heavy when you're when you're attempting a PR at a, at a meet in front of, in front of everybody, your, your family and friends or whatever. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just kind of focusing on the technique and obviously at a meet, there are specific, um, there are specific like requirements within each lift for it to be considered a successful attempt. You know, so like on a bench, you know, you have to bring the bar down to your chest and you have to pause and you have to wait for the pressing command. And depending on the federation, you have to be you know, flat footed or like tuck your feet under your bench. So like for me, I've always benched with my feet tucked under me um, because I've got short legs. And that was always kind of how I got a good arch and like really tight in my back and I got good leg drive. So now for me, the big thing is learning how to bench flat footed. So my feet have to be out in front of me a little little bit more. I'm still trying to get that leg drive. So it's just learning how to bench different. Um, It sounds really, really simple, but like if you've done something one way for a really long time and then you have to switch it up and then also max out, you don't want to be doing all that at the meet for the first time. So I'm right now I'm just trying to make my training as similar to the meet and how that's gonna be as possible. So what about you?
1: Uh I mean definitely need to focus back on and get some pause reps in and bench. Um but the nice thing is with cues and stuff for uh squatting, deadlifts I mean, essentially, you get the bar up, then they tell you down, and you got to control it all the way down. You can't drop it with deads um, and squat. I mean, you get to depth, and then you go up. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, which is nice. Um, I've never really had an issue hitting depth, at least the last couple of years, um, which is my squat. I probably squat deeper than I need to in general, um, but that gives me a nice area. So when I do load up some heavier weights, I kind of have that room of error where I might not get as deep as I usually do, but it's still deep enough. Um, so that's kind of, you give yourself that little room for error. Um, but I would say the biggest thing going into it that I want to focus on is getting back to pause reps. I just tried those the last two weeks. Um, they're and brutal. they're brutal. And from what I could hit for a couple reps without pausing, I can barely hit for one or two with pause. So it's very humbling. Yep. So I got to really get that narrowed in. Um, but I think the the biggest gain I want to make is in the deadlift. Um, from what I can see from a lot of people is that the deadlift is really where you can gain up a lot of ground on people, um, at least in competition like I'm not going out there trying to win the whole thing, but I mean I still want to compete I'm a competitive person. Um, so I think the deadlift is the area where I can kind of make up some ground so that'd be my that's my goal is to is to really go hard in that also my first meet, I kind of left some weight on the table, I think um because you kind of underestimate how much the environment and the crowd can play into it um, as far as hyping you up and making heavier weight in a gym by yourself uh, feel much lighter than it actually actually is when you're actually lifting in front of people. Uh, so I want to get a good uh, two attempts in, and then I might push myself on my third attempt and see if I can hit a PR with the hype of the crowd. It's kind of my game plan.
0: Now, when you approach uh, a weight, let's say it's it's going to be a PR, like an all-time PR, and it's, it's really heavy. Are you somebody, and I think I know the answer to this, are you somebody that gets hyped up before you do it? Do you like a good slap on the back? Do you need loud music? Or are you somebody that just kind of treats everything the same and you try to stay more even keel, maybe a little bit more stoic?
1: I think it depends. It, I mean, it used to be, I would say I kind of stick, stay mostly even kill but now lately I kind of get in my especially when we're on our our plus reps on like the 95 days in five through one I always have like a certain song that I want to find on my playlist and I kind of like give myself like a minute or two just to stare at the bar I might even hit it a little bit just kind of I don't know like you're owning the weight <laughs> kind of go thing bite the bar yeah like yeah. you got to show the weight who's boss but <laughs> lately I've definitely been more getting into the mental approach to it um, I recently read uh, Chris Duffin's book. Um, cannot remember the title right now, uh, but he talked about a lot of like the mental approach to lifting heavy, and he has more of a stoic, more like calm. You find like your Zen place to go into it, but everyone's a little different. Um, sometimes you need that extra, your get up to go get it. But one important thing: if you need that all the time, it's not going to be as effective when you truly need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I try not to like change to a specific song if I'm just trying to go for a five-by-five five. like you only use it when you're trying to like hit a PR or something like that because it can be something where then it's not effective when you truly do need it I found so kind of gotta gotta play with it with your mental state um to know what works for you but I would say it just, honestly, it depends. Um, maybe at the meet, the, the environment can do enough. And you don't need that little slap in the back or, like, to get yourself psyched up because people cheering and yelling up, people you don't even know yelling up, it's kind of hard to explain, but you'd be surprised on how, how much it drives you and want to make sure you don't let them down,
0: so. Yeah, I think I've definitely changed in that aspect over the years. I think when I was younger, especially when I first started lifting, I really loved the you know, shouting and the loud metal music. I mean, I remember Coach Brian's weight room. We'd be playing ACDC as loud as you could. You'd get some Metallica going in there. And I, I still love all that music. I'm not saying that. I still <laughs> listen to that when I lift. But um, I think, for me, I've learned that um, if I go into a lift, if I approach a weight and treat it exactly as the same and I don't think about the weight, that gives me the best chance to... Complete the lift successfully. When I get too hyped up, I start thinking about the weight, and then I, I psych myself out. Um, I had a huge mental block for a long time with the deadlift. You know, um, that first time you break the four hundred five mark, like that's a that's a big th- that's a big deal. Um, going from three plates and change to four even, like that that's a good feeling. Plus, you just feel kind of big, you know, when you put four plates on. You're like, man, I could I could do this. So, but um. Yeah, I remember every time I would attempt 405, and I did it for every week for probably two months. You know, I was young and stupid, so, you know, it didn't matter. Um, and I just I couldn't get it. I would, I'd I get all psyched up. I'd walk up to the bar, and I'd try to rip it off the floor as hard as I could, and it just wouldn't budge. You know, and everything leading up to that, you know, 395, 405 would be easy. Maybe not easy, but, like, I could get it and I, I could do it with confidence. But the second that fourth plate came on there, it's something about it, it was just intimidating. And so eventually my dad, he just looked at me and he's like, Don't even think about the weight. Just walk up and do it. Don't think. Just do it. And that was that was the key for me. That's how I broke through that barrier. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, a month later I think I was pulling it for for more than one rep at a time, like I was doing doubles and triples with it. And it was just getting over that, that mental barrier. Um, and that, that really helped me develop in a lot of areas in lifting. So I think that's going to be my approach going into the meet, especially just kind of trying to stay even keel. Now, who knows? I've never, I've never done a meet before. Maybe when, you know, they're playing music or there's a crowd there, people are shouting at you. Maybe you do get hyped up a little bit, and, you know, that can be okay too. But I think the, the important thing is just to go into it under control. And not be intimidated by the weight if that makes sense
1: no i i agree with that a a bunch and to add on to a couple of your points you made earlier like when you talked about um try not to attempt a weight that you have never had on your back or on on your hands and stuff like if you're benching um at the meet for the first time because there is that oh shit factor that oh this is heavy Mm -hmm. and if you've already felt it and have already had on your back um you know what it feels like and it's just getting that mental barrier over it. I um, uh, can't remember where I heard it. it. was either a podcast or just talking to some old-timer at the gym or something. Uh, but someone told me uh, that powerlifting and just lifting heavy in general, a lot of it's like poker. Like, you never want to count your – or blackjack. You never want to count your chips at the table. Similar to, to, to bench. You know how much weight's on there, but there's no need to go, oh, wow, this is five plates or whatever. Like – you You put down your your uh your weight on the card, you hand it to the judge and you move on at from that point. your only goal is to move whatever weight is on that bar doesn't matter how much it is don't think about it just go um so that I think that's some good advice too, especially for the someone doing a first time meet is just lift whatever weight is on that bar like you you assigned you signed up for it you know you can do it just go lift it and just do it because a lot of times you're gonna get up there you start double thinking or uh you're gonna start really thinking maybe I can't do it, you know, have some doubt in your head, like just don't think about it, go up there and lift it. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of it's that mental game. Like you were talking about, you couldn't get 405, you know, if you, you've done it multiple times before. It's just getting that, that barrier, like this is 405, that's no big deal. Um, whereas like even the 225 uh, platform, When you're when you're trying to bench and getting past that, and then Mm -hmm. from that point, snap your fingers, you're you're hitting 250. It's getting part of those over those mental barriers. You're strong enough to eat it up. You're just maybe not mentally strong enough. So you need to forget that concept of that's heavy. Like it's heavy, yeah. That's what we're doing. We lift heavy. That's what we do. Move on. You have a job to do, and just got to go to a platform and and perform. So
0: one of the most uh, powerful tools that somebody ever showed me, um, I was. It was in high school. I was attempting a heavy squat at the time, you know, a squat PR for me. And my lifting partner could tell I was, I was getting in my head about it. I was getting nervous. And, you know, so he, he walked up to me and he handed me a, a five-pound plate. He's like, can you hold this for me? And I said, sure. he's like, you know, I held up my hand and he goes, how heavy is that? I was like, it's not that heavy. And he goes, that's how much more you're doing now than you did your last rep. You're only doing five pounds more. He's like, you can do that shit. Just get over it, and I don't. Know, I still, I still get, I still get kind of excited thinking about that because it, you know, if you're attempting a five-pound PR, like yeah, that's a PR and and all that. But like if you think about it, five pounds is just five pounds. You know, it's not that intimidating. So, um, but again, you know, different people try different things. I do think there's a lot of value in when prepping for a heavy one-rep max attempt or a PR attempt. You know, having had done some some work with that weight maybe not even completing a full rep like I remember trying to um, get used to a certain amount of weight on a squat for a few weeks leading up to it all I did was put that weight on the bar and then walk it out just to feel it you know get used to the walk out get get used to you know the knurling on the bar digging into my back um, getting used to where my my hands are and how it feels and and then I would you know I'd hold it there for Couple seconds and then I'd rack it. I'm sure everybody in the gym just looked at me like, man, this guy, what's he doing? He's just screwing around. But like, seriously, get used to it. Get used to it on your back. Um, Same thing with a bench. You know, something like a slingshot is a great tool. You know, people make fun of it. You know, they say, oh, it cheats you on your bench. But I think it's a great tool. One of the reasons is you can throw more weight on there than you can normally do and you can rep it out. But also, just the idea of holding it in your hands. Because when you're holding it at the top, that slingshot's not doing anything for you you're just holding it. That's you. And so the first time you take it out for a true one rep max or a true PR attempt, it's not the first time you've held it. So it might sound dumb, but I I think there's some psychological significance to that. I really do. Um, just getting used to that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, just simply just taking it off the rack is can go a long ways because the a lot of the issue people have is they get it above their chest or they get on their back or whatnot, uh, where they get tight and they start embracing and realizing how heavy it is. You just have, again, that little shit moment. Um, so if you can kind of get, I've had this weight above me before. It's no big deal. Um, going into it, then you're prepared. And cause who knows, like by the time you go into your next opportunity to get there, you could probably hit that easily, but it's just that mental barrier is huge, especially with lifting and just like anything in life.
0: All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, hope you enjoyed it. We talked a lot about our prep for the meat, um, different strategies you can use to kind of overcome some mental barriers. So if you like that, just you know, leave a like, share the episode, tell your friends about us. We're, we're still young and growing in this this podcast YouTube space. So we're going to be dropping a video here relatively soon about some of our favorite accessory exercises and different strategies like that. So go ahead and watch that. Um, And always remember, no excuses and no regrets. Bye.